Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm John Taylor. You're listening to the Attacking Scrum podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. This half of the podcast is going to be dedicated to the domestic side of the game. So we've got loads coming up with uh, some reaction to the Dragons takeover and the vote that happened at Newport on, um, on Tuesday night news that similar things may be afoot uh, Cardiff Blues either on a, a temporary or a permanent basis we'll also have plenty of reaction to the Welsh derbies and uh, a little look ahead to the um, the Heineken Cup final or the Heineken Cup as was I still can't quite get my head around what it's meant to be called now um, and then we've also got some transfer news because loads have been going on um, in that regard too so lots to come very very shortly as always though we say if you want to get in touch with us please do so at Attacking Scrum um, you can do so on Facebook as well just by searching for the Attacking Scrum and leave us a review also if you've enjoyed it or if you haven't whatever just please leave us a review because it helps uh, helps to make this podcast easier to find and makes it all worthwhile Dan doesn't it when we're sat here very late on a on a Wednesday night and you haven't had any sleep for uh, for a week now no, I'm getting. I'm really digging in now. This is it into really the uh, in. yeah. empty the tank territory. It is. Yeah, don't leave anything out there on the park. Give everything. And Dav's with us as well, scribbling furiously as as normal. What we uh, what can we expect here? Stats? What's um... some unusual transfer activity for later on? <laughs> Excellent. Right, we're going to finish the show on that, but we're going to start with. Uh, the Dragons takeover and the vote that there was at Newport earlier in the week um, which has obviously been dragging on for for a long time and um, it's kind of good to reach a conclusion now and you may remember about five six weeks ago we caught up with Russ Jones who knows a lot more about these things than I do and I caught up with Russ earlier on today in order to catch his opinion on the outcome of the vote. Delighted to say I'm joined by, uh, by Russ Jones again. Evening Russ. Hi, Jed. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, how are you, more importantly? Um, 
I think relieved is probably the best <laughs> word I can use to sum up the way I feel today. There's been a lot of stress lately over the vote, but um, it's out of the way. So I think a great sense of relief, it's, it's over. I, th- I think it must be probably about five, five or six weeks since we, since we first spoke to you. Are you able to kind of sum up the, the roller coaster of emotions that you've been on during that, during that time? I thought, well, it's, it's been something I've never experienced before in sports. Um, it's been a lot of ups and downs, uh, a lot of uncertainty, not knowing for sure whether Newport would survive as a club, not knowing whether they'd still be able to play at Rodney Parades, and not knowing if there was a future, you know, depending on which way the vote went. Um, so, yeah, there's been so many things happening and so much to think about. And I, I think it's just been, it's, it's been stressful, really, for everybody connected with the club and that and that sense of um relief now is it is that something that you know with a, with a deal in place you can kind of now start to start to look forward and and see uh, and see what the future for newport rugby club is going to look like i think so i mean the the deal that that was finalized after after a number of weeks um it's, it's not ideal it, it certainly lacks some things from a Newport point of view, Newport rugby point of view, which we would have liked. But it's a big improvement on the original deal. And I think a lot of credit has to go to the friends of Newport rugby, mm. who have done an absolutely amazing amount of work um, to, to, to improve the deal. And I, th- I think we're just at the point now, the vote's over. And I don't think we can be negative about it. I think we've got to be positive and look at it and say, what can we do with it? And just really try and look to the future and, and try and build something positive from this for, for Newport Rugby. You mentioned that the, the deal isn't, um, isn't exactly ideal. Are you able for, for our listeners just to kind of sum up what those concerns are still? Um, I think, think one of them um, is the clubhouse, really. The, the, we've been given a suite at the, the far end, if you like, of the mm-hmm. Bisley stand, which isn't, isn't wonderfully accessible, um, and it's a little bit out of the way, but it is ours. It is ours to use. Um, we've also been given um, um, a museum area, if you like, to store our memorabilia and some, some office space. Um, I think the main concerns are really, as I say, the clubhouse isn't, isn't as accessible as we would have liked it to have been, um, and also the issues of the training on the cabbage patch next to the, the main ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've only been allowed after a year, and after that we've got to sort something else out. Um, so that's, that's a little bit of an issue, really, is training facilities. We would have liked, to, I think, to add the clubhouse, the original clubhouse, uh, as you come into the into Rodney Parade, but the W obviously have plans to, to do something with that, either to do it up or to develop it or something. Um, so I think really the, the clubhouse is an ideal. There's certain issues over training facilities. Um, we've been, we, we, out of the sale, we will get £600,000. Again, I mean, if we wanted to move, that's not enough to build a new ground somewhere else, but yeah. at least it's a start. It's something. Um, and I think we've, we've really got to look at how we're going to raise money in the future to try and bridge the gap between what we will be getting in and what we'll be paying out. Does it still feel a little bit like a, like a leap of faith then, to a certain degree? Um, I, th- I think so, because we're, the future of Newport Rugby at Rodney Parade is entirely dependent on the Dragons being there. And for the Dragons to be there, certainly beyond 2020, when the RSA runs out, 
Um, they need to be successful, mm. get more people through the turnstiles, more sponsorship, investment maybe, um, and to cut their losses. Uh, otherwise, I can't see the WRU sustaining it long term. Now, um, I suppose that is really the biggest um, issue of all, if you like. If something happens to the Dragons, if they disappeared, they were moved or closed down, then obviously that would have a direct effect on Newport as well. So in that sense, yeah, I think you're right. It is a leap of faith. We need the Dragons to be successful. We need Newport to be successful too. But the two are still, whilst separate companies, uh, interlinked in that sense. And what about the relationship between Newport supporters and and Dragons supporters? Is this going to put kind of further strain on on that relationship? I hope not. Um, I mean, there are some people who, who support Newport only, some people support Dragons only, and some people support the two. And I think in an ideal world, it would be nice if we could also encourage some of the Dragon supporters, particularly the ones from Newport anyway, yeah. the, the Dragon supporters from Newport, to actually come in and watch a Newport match. And, you know, maybe they'll, they'll enjoy it from an entertainment point of view. And perhaps, you know, we can get them to support the two. And I think that would be ideal, really, because we, we would like to increase the number of people we get through the gate, and the Dragons obviously would. But if we can get some sort of, um, you know, shared supporters, if you like, uh, that, that, that would definitely be beneficial to us. Obviously, I think you've, you know, it's, it's fair to say you've been very measured about, about the whole thing. Do you say that's indicative of the feeling amongst Newport supporters as a whole last night? I, I, th- I think... It varies from person to person, and I think, to be honest, last night it was really difficult to judge because I think emotions were so high, uh, riding high. Um, you know, the, the thought of losing the ground that's, that's been in Newport ownership uh, for, well, about 100 years, but actually being played there for about 140. Um, I think emotions were really high and things were raw, and no doubt people say things that they they, they might not say in a fortnight's time when, when things cool down a bit. But I think last night it was just difficult to judge because I think emotions were just so high, understandably. I think I think we all felt like that in some shape or form, anyway. And now that you know, now that I guess there is somewhat less uncertainty, certainly than there was um, a couple of days ago. <laughs> what do you think the uh, the future looks like for Newport Rugby Club? I, th- I think. I think, in one sense, it's up in the air. I think it's an opportunity, I guess, I could say, that we have got the opportunity to move forward as an independent club uh, with no ties to the Dragons. Um, Of course, the the ties to the Dragons in the past have meant that um, Newport Rugby, in effect, has been lumbered with with the debts incurred Mm. for the Dragons. And, of course, that's why we've lost the ground and things have been in the position that they are. So I think, in a sense, being an independent club, it, it's a challenge, it's something new. Um, but I think there are advantages and disadvantages, and I think we've got to try and make the most of the advantages and um, look at it positively and just, just build on what we have got and try and go forward from there. So, I mean, we, I think it's, it's safe to say, um, obviously, certainly I'm, I'm slightly biased on this with my family coming from Newport as well, but it's yeah. kind of, it's, it's something that... There is a future. We, you know, we're not waking up today and, and sat here looking at um, a much more bleak alternative. Um, and I think, like you say, it does feel like there's something that could be a, it could be a massive opportunity for for Newport Rugby Club as an independent as an independent body. I, I think that's true. I mean, 
if if we hadn't voted no last night, and if the directors had stuck to their word by basically pulling the plug this morning and calling the receivers uh, for the Dragons, we we would have followed very quickly afterwards, mm-hmm. I think. Um, or at least there's every chance that we would have. And I think at least we have got a future. We're still here today. We've got a game on Saturday against Lashley in the um, playoffs for Tier 2 and hopefully a final to follow. So I think we have got something to look forward to uh, this season and hopefully next season the you know the security, the fact that we are still going will give some sort of confidence to the players as well because um, on the field they've, they've clearly been affected um, by the off-the-field um, you know, matters. And it's, it's, it's definitely shown in the performances. So I think hopefully now on Saturday and next season they can rise above that and we can get back to where we want to be. I agree. And kind of unlike the Dragons, who've ended, ended a miserable season in pretty miserable style, there is, there is some, um, some opportunity to end the season on a high for, for Newport. Yeah, I think that's, that's true. I mean, it is only a Tier 2 playoff. Um, but I mean, it's a trophy, it's something to go for, it's a challenge, and I, I think hopefully we'll we'll manage to be cleverly on Saturday, although they are a very good team, um, and hopefully go on to win the final, and at least we can end off the season on a high. I agree, and yeah, all the all the best to um to you and and to uh, I think like you say, um, 100% agree with the the role that Friends of Newport Rugby have have uh, have done in this. So yeah, wish uh, wish you all um all the very best from us, Russ. That's great. Thanks very much, Jed. Nice speaking with you again. Thanks, Russ. So thanks then to Russ James for uh, sparing a bit of time to have a chat with us earlier on. And always uh, always really good to hear from him. Following on from the the Newport vote this week, though, it's uh, it's been greeted this news. Like we said earlier, it's, it's been one of the big week. one of the biggest weeks for for just relentless amounts of news happening um, for, for quite yeah, some time it's been so difficult keeping up isn't it it has moment. been difficult it must be Come very difficult for you mate or are you able to catch up on news early on in the morning while you're not sleeping well I'm sort of juggling a little bit with yeah, baby under one arm Immy wanting me to uh, go in the garden and play uh, in the sand pit whilst I'm trying to have a little look on, uh, on social media or whatever platform I can find so yeah it's not been easy not been easy at all I presume though you have managed to, <laughs> yeah. to, to catch the uh, the news about the Cardiff Blues uh, that's been reported this week. I have, yeah. And uh, well, we'd, I'd love to start by getting your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it looks as if it's um, it's been coming, isn't it, for some time? When you're looking at the uh, the finances there, and uh, Thomas has said, isn't he? he can't he can't keep it going. Um, so yeah, I suppose the question is really: is it going to be be temporary or is it going to be permanent there isn't nothing's definitive at the moment but it looks as if it will be permanent the WIU seem to think it is and they're obviously going to know so I can't see I uh, can't see this being anything other than a than a, than a permanent uh, uh, permanent uh, you know WIU takeover what do you think Dad? yeah I think these things are are rarely um they they're rarely temporary, aren't they? And I think once the status quo is um, is set in, that'll be it. But I think you know, for me, there's going to be a lot of um, comment and opinion on this over the coming weeks. It's not helpful for the news to break the day the Dragons mm. vote took place. And you know, you've got Peter Thomas saying that they're actively looking 
to do this with the WRU and the WRU saying that talks are embryonic and they're still scoping out the uh, the work. I th- they think, you know, for me, the key thing is the Blues seem to be making all the right noises around developing the ground, looking to create this indoor arena where they can drive a massive amount of revenue for the club from, which is which is brilliant. But then on the flip side of that, they obviously don't have enough money to do both. Mm. And so you can almost imagine the end, the nightmare scenario where the WRU own the Blues, but the Blues ultimately don't own their ground. So you've got two different entities. Peter Thomas, basically the landlord with an arena like the CIA used to be in Cardiff, hosting Rihanna or whoever else. And then you've got... It's always Rihanna. (laughs) I've got a couple others later on. But then, you know... She's a big draw. She's a big draw. And then you've got, you know, the Blues as tenants along with the Blue and Blacks and whoever else. So I think, obviously, the optimal version of this would be for Cardiff Blues to do this solely on their own. The fact they need the WRU to step in, I mean... For me, I'm not that precious about who owns the club. I think the club is defined by the players on the pitch and the supporters. Well, you may not be, Dav, but there's plenty of reaction on, on social media of people who are. Appreciate that. But I think for my, me personally, if the Blues are successful on the pitch... Does as all of that get forgotten? As I think it does. And like you know, the guys who are standing in the stands, as the naysayers now, maybe they'll go. But if the Blues are successful, more people will come to watch them. So I think long term there will be success for the Blues if they get this right. Do you understand their objections? To totally get their objections, but I think at the moment, whether it's Peter Thomas owning the Blues or the WIU, I think the reality is, we and we talked about this for a number of weeks, financially the Welsh regions can't compete mm. with Samuelsons and Wasps. You know, Wasps turning over 30 million quid a year, Cardiff struggled to turn over seven or eight, Wasps play a bit as 10 million quid, Cardiff Blues can't make that in revenue, let alone pay people that. WIU having paid off the majority of the stadium debt is in a really good financial position we've got things like Judgment Day where the regions despite the fact that independently owned currently or were um, go come together and play at the WIU's key asset which is the stadium so ultimately in the long run would we be better together stronger maybe so I understand why people get upset by it but I think really hindsight's a wonderful thing if this had all happened when the regions came about 10 to 15 years ago, great. That probably would have stopped all the pain now. Unfortunately, we didn't have the money at the time to do that. And so fair play to Mr. Brown, Mr. Thomas, everyone who's put money into clubs. It's been a thankless task over the yeah. last decade. And I think ultimately, if the WRU are profitable and have the money to allow us to compete at the highest level in, in Europe, then that's the best outcome. And it's going to serve, it's going to serve them well also isn't it you know not just on judgment day but if you have strong regions you're going to be producing strong players who've played at good international sorry good club level you know where those sides are playing against the Saracens and the Wasps on a regular basis in in big European games it's going to benefit the Welsh national side and therefore the WRU too the most successful country in Europe probably outside of the the, actually probably the most successful country in Europe has been Ireland and that is a state-owned or Irish Rugby Union-owned regions who've brought in brilliant external talent. You know, the Munster teams with people like Doug Howlett in it, yeah. the Leinster teams with the Rocky Elsoms. They've had money to spend on foreign players but still have the Irish players coming through. If we ended up with that in Wales, where, you know, we've got a bigger stadium, we've got more opportunities for commercial revenue, things like the next anti-Joshua fight, etc., yeah. all of that being directed into the game in Wales... Surely that's for the benefit of everyone. 
Yeah, well, I, I personally agree with you. And I, I think the thing is, is it, for some staunch died in the wool fans, I can understand why it'd be a bitter, swill, a bitter pill to swallow. But it, it kind of comes back to what we've seen with Newport and the, and the Dragons. Is there any long-term alternative? And I just don't think there is. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't look like there is, does it? I mean, we, we should probably we should probably mention um, Martin Phillips, shouldn't we? At this at this point, um, with him being CEO, because he's a he's a chap that understands the he understands the game in Wales. Um, he's obviously got a good commercial mindset with his previous job. Um, knows how to run a business, and rugby is now a business. We have to remember that. And I think it's very easy to to just think that rugby is rugby. Rugby is now a business. Um, you know, and he's well aware of what it takes to survive, and you often have to be bold and make fundamental changes where necessary. And um, you know, the WI takeover of, of of the former New, you know, Newport Gwent Dragons is the beginning of um, of big big changes, isn't it? And um, you know, he's he's someone that I believe anyway will lead us, you know, lead us in, in the right direction. But it's going to be um, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be upset along the way. But ultimately we've got to look at where we are and we're not in a good place and so we've got to we've got to make big changes and and this is it yeah no i think that's a fair point we kind of expected this to come at some point i think dav's kind of touched on this already i'm not sure i expected it to be this quick yes that it's you know the things have moved on it's pretty quick isn't it but i suppose the quicker it is the more i mean the wri you're going to take um uh, it's going to co- it's going to cost them, isn't it? Quite a bit, and I suppose the longer it goes on, the more it's going to cost them. So the quicker they can bring about, they can quicker they can bring about these changes. The better it is for for them. The better it is for all of us as as Welsh rugby fans, because um, the quicker the quicker we can sort of sort out where we are. So if we just keep you know keep running it, it's going to be harder. The WF is going to pump in more money yeah. to buy out the. You know, buy out the backers, sort them out, and sort out all the other mess, and it just tumbles on. So he, he he's someone that's coming in and saying, right, look at look at where we are. He's looking at the figures, look at the facts, saying, right, I understand the the tribalism, I understand all these bits and bobs, but we've got to do this now, and it isn't going to be popular with a lot of people. But if everyone takes the hats off, club hats off, then you, you can't argue with it really. But I can understand where a lot of the season ticket holders and club. You know, supporters are coming from because it's it's an emotionally difficult one, isn't it? But from the sidelines this week and having followed you know people from social media and listening to various podcasts, I think a lot of the emotion around whether it's a Newport vote. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! Listening to various podcasts. This What's is going on here. Listening to this podcast. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't name them. <laughs> didn't name them. I wouldn't drop the name. But you know, listening to people in the press, I think the key thing for me is. A lot of this, a lot of the passion that comes through is regarding the former teams, the Newport, yeah. Cardiff, Ponty, etc. I think you know the reality is, and it's an unfortunate reality that those clubs, as a top tier entity, did go to a degree with the regions. Yeah, and I, you know, I totally get why Newport would want to play at Rodney Parade. So I get the passion that was behind that vote and why people felt so aggrieved by some of the things that were happening. But the same with Cardiff, you know, Cardiff RFC don't exist as a top level entity anymore, as the same way that Ponty don't or Ebervale or Dunvant or whoever. So the blues are the blues, and whoever owns the blues is slightly irrelevant as long as they do well. Yeah, we're, we're, 
the, the names are sort of confused everything isn't it we're sort of mixed between mm. it's not it's not it shouldn't be sort of Cardiff Blues should it it's or you know, Newport Gwent well the Blues you know you, yeah you say that uh, you know Dav you know a lot more about marketing than than me but a lot a lot's been made uh, about this not just not just regarded blues but also with also with Newport Grand Dragons that because Newport was such a famous rugby brand in its own right I personally don't think that that made I, I don't think anyone was put off by the fact that the club was called Newport I, I mean in terms of investors rather than supporters I think that it's it's suffered because you've had kind of a watered down a watered down experience it's never been a clean break from club rugby to regional rugby and that's that's definitely had an impact um, in terms of in terms of the the success of them on and off the pitch would the would the backers at Newport Gwent Dragons have had come in initially if Newport weren't mentioned no they were no, they so didn't and that's, no, that's so exactly what happened yeah so, yeah, so it, ha- it, it, it yeah, that's why it, that's why it happened didn't it but um, yeah it's <laughs> It's it's a funny it's a it's a funny one, isn't it? Really, because it, it it seems so obvious. Really, if you just take you know if you look at if you look at it objectively, but you can't really do that, can you? Because of the mess that we've been put in, really, um, and so fans then get confused. It's a confusing. It's confusing, isn't it? Where we are, it's, it's and that's the that's the bottom line of it. I think it is, and I you know I completely understand the allegiances, and that's what the whole that's what sport is built on is that. Is that loyalty to your club? And then yeah. when something like this happens, it's confusing. And it's not even like like in Ireland, because in Ireland you have four provinces that have an identity already, and it was it was always going to be hard to make mm. you know to make four or well, what was five new regions out of out of clubs that enjoyed kicking kicking the shit out of each other. But I, I think the you know the kind of the weird hybrid has not helped matters and these you know these 13 whatever many years it's been 13 14 years have been very painful but i think you're probably right that this is the opportunity to make the regions work yeah. now it's been it a mish, to... it's been a mishmash isn't it of, yeah of like different different people coming in with different different ideas and it's all sort of culminated in this sort of shambles really but the club teams you know newport newport are still there carnap are still there you know Cross keys, all these, all mm. these teams that, that are still there, but the top, where where every player really needs to aspire to be, isn't it? In 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 the region, is playing for their their regional representative side, and then, you know, as fans, you 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 get behind that because you see the the best players, I suppose, playing at the highest levels. But you, you still have the chance to watch your your club side. Um, that's what I think, anyway. Dav, you've been very critical of uh, the Welsh Premiership over the. Um, over the weeks we've we've had you on, do you think it would help with the identity as well if you were to make the Welsh Prem an amateur competition? That way, the pyramid is a bit more simple, so that you have that being the the kind of the the top level of of amateur rugby in Wales, and then the next level is to play is to play professional rugby at one of the regions. I think it's all got to start if you've got the pyramid at the top of the pyramid. What? How do we basically get a, a successful Wales team? Mm. Four regions has been deemed the optimal amount of regions, or maybe it's three, who knows. But let's say for now it's four regions are the optimal amount of regions that we can afford to provide the pipeline of talent. So then what's the role below for the, the leagues? And for me, I think there's a huge role for the Premiership 
in opt in driving talent. You know, giving young young players in academies the chance to play week in week out rather than lose talent to people in England. You know, we've lost so many people over the bridge over the last couple of years, whether it's Owen Williams or whoever, because there are too few starting spots in the four regions. If the Premiership was a better quality and standard, would we lose them or could they actually get decent game time at that level to actually enable them to go on and have successful um, professional careers? And, you know, if you look at the Blues at the moment, we've got a swathe of really promising young props who all they need is game time in adult rugby. But if they're not going to play for the Blues, are they going to go to Cardiff RSC or somewhere either in the English Championship, which is undoubtedly a higher standard, France... Or to the Premiership, and you look at people like Will Griff John, who signed this week from Doncaster to Sale. He left the Blues and Cardiff RFC to go play in the Championship in England, a higher level, and has got a pro contract out of it. So, to answer your question, I think it's got to be at least semi-pro. But how many clubs are in that, and how they feed up into the main regions is probably the key question. He's a, he's a good he's a good um, a good example as well to look at, isn't he? Because he had he has his weaknesses. Or had his weaknesses. He probably mm. still has a few weaknesses. But I, I watched the game he played. Um, was it last week for Doncaster? He looked he looked really good. He's, he's a he's a man mountain. He's a mm. massive bloke, and he's he's come on and developed. And you're gonna you're gonna develop if you're a prop. The gap between playing for the you know playing for the, the for the Blues and then dropping down and playing for Cardiff is just way too big, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It should be it should be a far higher standard that everyone wants to play for and then it's going to push on and it'll feed down as well we've we've got this we've got a quite a big disconnect really haven't we yeah because um, i think if you look at merthyr for next year they've started, we mentioned it earlier they've signed pete edwards yeah they've got obviously some big names there what would be great is if we if they're intent on being a decent club which is which is great have these big old names but then have five or six of our best players in the region who aren't going to start the region every week playing alongside them that's the best opportunity to learn but instead, what we seem to have is Merthyr just acquiring anyone over 30 in yeah. Welsh rugby to play. Anyone that's coming through. Anyone that's career. coming through. So you've got the Blues Academy sitting there dormant, occasionally have a run out for Cardiff RFC, not for Ponty. And then you've got, obviously, the Blues. And all it ends up being is a brain drain of talent across the bridge to another club who are professional. Or we've got people just training <coughs> in gyms that aren't actually getting any game time at all. So and, that's the, and that's the big problem, yeah. isn't it? Is yeah. We all know that professional athletes can get themselves in peak physical condition if you're a pair of young props there's a hell of a lot to be learned by playing against a few grizzly bastards like Dav mm. yeah or people of that of that elk and that's, and that's why though if you look at if everything that we've mentioned here that's where anyone probably is pretty much disgruntled has to go back and look at all the different facets and then realise this is it's a tough call but it's more than likely, or it, or it looks to be the right call, doesn't it? Um, you don't think? I, well, I think, yeah, I do. But again, like you say, it's going to be difficult for to make that adjustment. And and we're going to see how, mm. how seamless that is, um, you know, yeah. probably I over mean, the next 10, 15 wasps, years. Wasps, you, you know, you, you, you've got the accounts, haven't you? But they, they made an enormous call, didn't they, to shift? Because they knew that it was do that or die. Mm. And... You know, look where they are now. They're absolutely thriving. I mean, Dav, you've got the figures, haven't you? But, well, uh, so their, their revenue is almost double anyone else's. But, you know, they are, they're a great example of making a brave move and going with it. I think if you just look at the, the Welsh Premiership, it obviously doesn't get the funding that the regions get or the Welsh national team gets. But you look at that setup now, there are 16 teams in there all trying to be fed. It feels far too fat. 
And, you know, it gets split at half point in the season to be tier one and tier two. It's far too complicated. Actually, what we'd be better served with probably is a top eight, for argument's sake, playing really good rugby with really decent guys from the regions popping down to two clubs each. Because teams like RGC, who have got genuine talent yeah. at them and are genuinely producing players, and like we talk about Ruben Williams a lot, but he's a classic production line from them in. We need better well, we had, we had Andy on months ago, didn't we, explaining mm. kind of the... That there is a huge amount of talent up there, and, yeah. that, and that setup, there's some some really gifted Cracknell's players up there. Come down, yeah, Cracknell it? again, another one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're absolutely right. So I mean, we'll we'll kind of see how this pans out, but I, I can't see it being a a quick and easy a quick and easy thing. We'll bring it back to on the pitch matters. So we had the Welsh derbies at the weekend, which is the final round of the regular season of the Pro Twelve. Only one place to start, really, and that is um, the Ospreys' kind of capitulation at the Scarlets. Only really looked like being, after about 20 minutes, one winner of that game, really, didn't it? Yeah, they, it was a joy to watch, wasn't it, from the uh, from the Scarlets, um, Scarlets side of the park, really. They were they were in fine form, weren't they? Um, Ospreys obviously got got hit hard by the sim binning and then Dan Bigger going off. They just... They, they were... They weren't at the races at all, were they? But um, Scarlets did a job on them tactically, didn't they? Worked them out and um, really exploited um, any weakness that they possibly had and were running it, running it from everywhere and finding gaps. Couple of couple of key players played very, very well, didn't they? Um, you know, Jonathan. I thought really he had his best game in a very long time. Actually, I, yeah. I think you know, kind of at the at the absolute right time, he's. He's rediscovered Start a bit of form, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you know, you, you could, is he going to make that? Is he going to start for the Lions? We'll have to wait and see. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule him out. Um, he was involved in, in everything, really, wasn't he? Um, our man, um, uh, I've forgotten his bloody name. Now. Who are we talking about? <laughs> Give me a position, mate. I'm trying six for six in the back row. Um, Shingler. No, Shingler, Shingler, yeah, but Shingler was was great again. Um, <clears throat> Steph Evans, Rob Evans. Rob, Ev- Rob Evans is playing inside centre or something at the moment. He looks like he's just getting yeah. at the moment. Yeah, if um, he is, he's very close now, isn't he, to being to having every everything really. If he's, he's, he's just tighten up the scrummaging, which does, which is getting better. Comes better. with age as well, doesn't it? You it know, does, again, yeah. we said, we've mentioned that just a minute yeah. ago. The experience thing. I, oh, I think he's, I think he's developing into a really good player, Rob Evans. Yeah. Just love watching, yeah, love watching those passes. The way he reads the game, that draw wasn't it? it was just lovely for Ken Owens. Um, but yeah, brilliant performance by them. What did you, uh, what did you make of it, Dav? So being in France, I didn't actually get to catch the game. So this yeah. is going to make for incredibly poor punditry. It's, it's well worth well worth going over because there's some outstanding tries, aren't there? Yeah, and it was it was a very good game. I, not that I watched it live, unfortunately, I knew the I knew the result of it because I chose to watch. I chose to watch Dragons versus Blues mm. over on S4C um, in Kefili, and that was, yeah, pretty, pretty grotty. Tough, tough watching. Yeah, it was. I mean, Dragons looked really spirited for 20 minutes and came out and chucked the ball around a bit. It wasn't, you know, as we kind of, we thought, oh, well, Dragons' only route is to try and strangle the game. They kind of came out and threw it around a bit made loads of breaks but just didn't finish off enough and then Blue scored they just looked so vulnerable the whole time the Dragons um, and 
yeah, unfortunately, what that meant is that after watching that game, which you know wasn't the most, um, wasn't the best spectacle in the world, I kind of knew what had happened already in the uh, in Scarlet's game. But come on, Rosie probably said, "No, no, there's no more rugby to be watched." I watched both episode. of them. Yeah, okay. I watched both of them. Yeah. All oh, right, you. All oh, right. Yeah, she was away. All oh, right. Yeah. Hello, Hallow's try was a bit of a soft one, wasn't it? Oh, it's soft yeah. as shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He walked through, but I mean, see the news this week: the Blues have lost their defence coach, so he's left. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was just looking at the table. I mean, it doesn't lie. End of the season, we've got the seventh um, best or worst, however you want to look at it, um, defence, and the seventh best attack, and we finished seventh. So yep. it doesn't lie. I think the Blues. We know we've had a bit of a poor platform this year, and the way other teams have held the Dragons out to concede twenty-four points really is symptomatic of the blue season and apparently it was a pre- I didn't get, didn't get to see the game but apparently it was a pretty dire match yeah it was awful really um, it was just so patchy you know I think that the best part was the was the opening 15 minutes where the Dragons came and seemed to play with some intent but really never looked like they were going to bring the game home nice, nice cross kicker yeah again I think you saw the best and the, the worst of Angus O'Brien on the on the day you know I think he's a He's a talent. He's a talent, certainly. Whether or not, well, in fact, you know, whether or not he's a, a ten to to really grab the game by the scruff of the neck, and which is what you need to do in that side. I don't know. You know, it's it's hard. It's, it's hard to say. It's difficult for him, isn't it, when he hasn't got he hasn't got any experience outside him. He needs someone put an arm around him and and and, and point him in the right direction, mm. doesn't he? But he's. Yeah, he produces moments of brilliance, doesn't he? Because we've seen a few great things that have happened from him. Yeah, but then, he, but then he, he's out. But then again, in, in defence, you know, the one yeah. try was the one yeah. try was his fault because he just couldn't control a bouncing ball and mm. and Cuthbert and Nipper pounced on it. You know, two players yeah. who've had not the best not the best seasons that they'll ever yeah. they'll ever experience. Good second half from Cuthbert. The character he's shown in the last couple of months. Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't Fantastic. say it's sec- a good second half of the season. I think the last few weeks he's been very good. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's all down to character. Him. Looking forward to seeing him actually. Well, obviously, he's just got to keep, keep playing rugby now. Yeah. That's the thing is yeah. when he's playing like this, that's where you want. No, that's where you want him. And he does look like even just taking the ball into contact, he looks so much stronger, arguably than he did before he had his bad run of form. Like because I always thought he was he was a brilliant finisher and he was great at. Um, when he had some space, I never actually thought he made that many, um, that many massive kind of carries and stuff. Oh, he's carrying yeah, he's brilliantly coming, at the moment. He's coming into the centre of the park, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, off, yeah. off off ten and, and taking an inside or outside pass, which uh, I think that's big for his confidence, isn't it? Because if he gets an early touch on the ball and he doesn't lose it, because he was always losing it, wasn't he? It was like, you can imagine him sort of fearing that yeah. first, that you know, that first take or first high ball, and inevitably, for the for a year or a year and a half, he was just bloody dropping them, wasn't mm. he? Every single time, and then his head mm. would go down. But get him on the ball early. What do you think about um, the where the game was played? You know, it looked as if you know it was a full house. Sell out Cathedral, yeah. Lots of children there and parents, and it looked. Again, I don't have any problem with with taking. I mean, admittedly, this wasn't a marketing decision to take it on the road this was down to the fact that Newport County were were playing at home and, and a game that couldn't be um, couldn't be moved but I, I don't see any problem I think I was saying this to you on the phone the other mm. day I don't see a problem with taking it around the regions because yeah. no matter what you say there will be an impact of not taking regional rugby to grounds that you're supposedly meant to be 
representing, whether that be Caffili or Pontypool or yeah. you know, and again you've got to spend money to make to make those grounds capable. But you know, even in the Anglo Welsh Cup, do it in something so you're at least making a gesture and people have an opportunity to go and see it's not just complete lip service to say that you're to say that you are a region. It's one of the most I think shameful things that's happened since the regions have gone live. Yeah that we haven't thought about it if you look at the ba- what was based on in Super Rugby the Auckland Blues play at North Harbour yeah. people take the teams on the road and they play away now we've talked a lot on this pod around the stadium's your principal asset you need to sweat as much as possible and that's absolutely true so the Blues should be using that pitch seven days a week yeah. but having said that there's got to be a way of spreading a bit of the love around the region and whether it's the Anglo-Welsh or Treviso at home or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it is a game up in Ponte especially against the Italians cut their knees up or wherever it is you know there are <laughs> there are opportunities to there are opportunities to take on the road and be a genuine region and there would be great in an Anglo-Welsh where you only get a hundred like, you would probably get about 100 200 people watching wouldn't it be great if one of your yeah. division 3 or division 2 clubs could host the Blues yeah. It seems so obvious as well, doesn't yeah. it? With, especially with what's happened or happening in Wales as well. How are we going to sort of get more and more people involved and back into the the highest level of, of you know of club or regional rugby, whatever you want to call I it? I think the Blues then is the hardest region to do it at because of the Ponty the Ponty Garda thing. I, I, honestly, I think it has been doable in it's been doable in Gwent for a while. Yeah, but you, you, you know you pick you, you pick your games, you move them around, and and people will. We'll warm to that, won't they? Some, some you you'll never get everyone, but you will get some, and it's it's those it's those it's picking up those extras, isn't it? I think that's the thing is difference. You know, it's like selling out Caffili at home to the Blues isn't a great barometer because it's you know it's a it's a derby game. That's um and it's yeah. a derby game that's you know in a Cardiff postcode as well. So yeah. it's you know it doesn't it doesn't tell you a huge amount. I think like Dav said, if it's Treviso at home. Have yeah, a crack at it. Just be sensible with the, sensible with the game selection, yeah. isn't it? Um, and pick up, yeah. Pick and see up. and see how it, you know, see how it can grow. Yeah. So yeah, um, and I think you know, I think with it becoming a a WRU owned entity now, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you look at things like that? Yeah, yeah. They 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 they're probably likely to do those types of things, aren't they? And, and well, the, the whole you, the whole takeover has been the whole takeover and keeping the keeping the club in Gwent has been based on the um, the fact that it's a a really good breeding ground for players historically and there's loads of clubs in Gwent and if you're you know if you're just basing it in Newport then you know you're slightly at odds with that I mean, and then you know I understand when it's a when it's a private a private entity with private money in it well you know if, you, if your primary concern is Newport then why wouldn't you do that but now the WRU have got their hands on it I, I could see those things changing yeah yeah and yeah for the good I think so again I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people who disagree with us so um, I mean moving, ar- moving around yeah, yeah. Moving I, around again even then so. I think there'll be people who disagree with us but unless yeah. um, you know more than happy to more than happy to hear your feedback on on that bring it back to the league again so you know we now know what the um, what the semi-finals are going to be so obviously both Welsh sides go away Scarlets go to Leinster and Ospreys go to Munster about the right way around haven't I? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, out of those, out of those games, can you see a Welsh region getting to the final? They, the pair of them are capable of it if they put, if they play as well as they possibly can do. But it's just not many 
You're not, well, no one's done it, have they? I think no one's ever done it. No. If it was switched and Thanathalie were going to Munster, I would say that they have a good shout at that. But I do think Leinster are by far and away the best team in the league. Mm. So no matter how good the Scarlets are playing, that's very tough. Mm. The Ospreys just run out of steam, haven't they? The yeah, Ospreys they have. just peaked at the wrong time and they're, they're done. They're on the beach. But I think the Scarlets, I would have fancied to go down to Munster. I think winning two away on the bounce in this league is going to be very difficult. And I think it's probably a game too far against Leinster. They do love an away trip as well, don't they? Mm. Yeah, the Scarlets. Yeah. I think they'll give it a good crack, you know. I think... They're kind of the opposite of the Ospreys in as much as their their form run has been pretty it's been pretty relentless really. I think they've been in great form. Like we said a million times, the the depth that they've unearthed in the squad has helped them massively. And that's kind of what Leinster have been you know, their kind of success has been founded on that for a while. Like you said, they they've always had some big name signings in there, but they've also had loads of um loads of local lads playing for them and getting an opportunity and developing their rugby. So I think I think they'll have a good crack if they go at it. I mean you sort of you know, Cardiff almost turned over Leinster at home. Mm. I know again the the, the side Dude, and the lineup will, will massively differ but And that was when it was it was, a, it was an open game, wasn't it? Fast and furious. Which suits the Scarlets. Which does suit the Scarlets, and yeah. Burns had a huge write up this week. Your man Burn in the in the Irish Independent. Yeah, so what a player he is. I mean they they <laughs> They're not taking it lightly, but yeah. you just feel that Leinster have yeah. a quality outfit, aren't they? They are. Yeah, it's a yeah. tough order, and I think they're the best sides. I think they're the best side in the league. But you know, I think I think the Scarlets have have got a crack at that. You know, if everything go, if everything goes their way, I think they've got a, a decent opportunity. Ospreys, yeah, I agree. I can't see anything. I, I, I think can't see anything happening there. It's a funny one with the Ospreys. I've, I've got a. Oh, here we are. Yeah. I've got, a, I've got a feeling that they Just may... before we get into one of Killick's left field ones... You're not going to bring up last week. Yeah, do you notice yeah. I actually picked it right for a change as well? I picked both of those games. I you going to pick mine apart, but... Um, no, I picked both of them. Yeah, well done on that. And actually, you yeah. got both wrong, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. So anyway, go on, tell yeah, us what's going to happen. I think we'll see a reaction from the, uh, from the, from the Ospreys. Mm. We need to, don't we? Mm. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to back them to win. Interesting. I'm gonna back be, them that would be one... That might be worth if you truly believe it. Might be worth parting with some cash on. Yeah, if I knew how to put on a bet, <laughs> we'll talk you through it. Before all of that, of course, we have the um, European Rugby Challenge Cup. Is that what it's called? Champions Cup. Champions and Cup. actually both. And the Challenge. Cup. I, that's what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, I'm obviously most yeah. excited about that. Um, so yeah, the the Parker Pen and the Heineken Cup, yeah. respectively. Are you excited by these games? I always find it a bit hard. You know, I kind of like almost think, well, Heineken Cup finishes when the Welsh when the Welsh sides go out. I, I, I do I struggle with it. I think Lions year. I'm quite interested to see yeah. how Sally's go. You know, that Sally's are going to make up a core of the Lions team. Mm. So, not ordinarily, I wouldn't care. You know, I'd be I'd be back in the French team every time over the English side. But I'm just quite interested to see how the Vodapolas, the Toji, etc., go against that big Clermont pack. So, I'll be watching that one with interest. Um, I can't even tell you who's playing in the Parker Pen. So um, it is Gloucester, Gloucester and uh, did, 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 can't remember French side. Stad, La Rochelle, La Rochelle. I want to say no, La Rochelle lost to beat in the last round. Well, there you go. And so you know, that bodes season. well. They'll yeah. probably beat them again probably in this game again. that isn't happening. Uh, it's got oh, I don't know. Moriarty's Mori- Mori- playing. Moriarty's playing. Well, that's worth it's worth a look then, isn't it? Because again, it's worth a watch for that. Yeah. I'm with you though. I, do, I get massively excited by them. 
No, um, I don't. But um, that's bad. is that bad? Like, you know what I mean? We're sat here, we present a podcast every week, and we kind of don't care about the, so the final European rugby. There's so much, though, isn't there? But uh, it's not none of our sides, is it? Well, you'd be watching the big one, though. Cardiff Blues pending investigation away to staff on say 21st oh, yeah. of May. That's the big one. Talk us through the pending investigation as well. So apparently there's some, something's gone on in France where there's an <laughs> ineligible player I think has been put out there but on the, I think racing Metro so points could be docked. So staff on say might find themselves automatically in Europe and someone else... An ineligible player? I think it's something like that. What, actually a French player playing? Well, <laughs> quite likely. So... At the moment, we're going out on the 21st to play Staff on Say, but TBC, um, big ask that. I look at the Staff on Say squad the other week, Parisian et al. Mm. Big, big ask. But, you know, if the Blues go out there, it's a hot day. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. Do you know what? I'm, strange as it sounds, I'm more excited about that mm. than I would be about the Parker Pen final. Because it's just, you know, like that, there is a lot riding on that for a Welsh side. Um, it would be massive if they could if three, they could clubs, three clubs three in the top yeah. tier would be a huge season for us great Absolutely. away day as well fantastic away day great trip that that would be yeah I won't be there not to <laughs> help in hell you've had enough sun judging by your uh, by your sunburnt face yeah um, just quickly then on the on the the high the yeah you patchels kind yeah. of masonry paint he bought a load uh, he doesn't need it now, yeah. so you send it my way <laughs> Uh, quickly, any predictions? Saracens versus Claremont. I think Saracens. Saracens ten points minimum. I think Saracens will win it, but actually, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. I'd still just much rather watch the French side win that. I think, like, because even if they win it, it's not. It doesn't mean that those Saracens players are bad players, does it? You know, they're still going to be. They'll still be great for the Lions. No, but I like the fact that players like Atoji and Cruz they don't really lose. Mm. I like the I fact that winners. Yeah. So we, we need winners on this trip. Mm. Yes, yeah, so I, I think I'm too much of a bitter bastard to to sit there and cheer Saracens on. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I've got massive respect for them as a club. Mm-hmm. I think they're all brilliant players, but there should be something in there. Just goes, yeah, yeah, highly annoying. Yeah, because they're good. Um, right then, bit of transfer news to finish. Well, I say a bit. It's been loads. It's, been, <laughs> it's, it's been loads. Twenty-five minutes. Isn't it? I, I can't put it. I can't put, put it all in. Feet I have a snooze. I know. I can't put it all in just because. There's been so many players released and stuff, so I've picked out uh, a few this week. Um, Morgan Allen, that's a semi-interesting one. Well, a couple of years ago, he was the future number eight in Wales, wasn't he? Yeah. And then he dropped off. So, yeah, he's now been let go by the Ospreys and by Scarlet's. the Scarlets. So Dragons beckons. Probably, yep. Go over, to, go, go over to England. Yeah. He'll suddenly start playing brilliantly. Win the Premiership. Oh, he'd, be, oh, he'd be one of those players. <laughs> Two years in. Yeah. I, I think the natural, the natural route is, is he'll end up at the Blues and then by default he'll definitely end up at the yeah. Dragons. So, um, you know, he might well complete the, uh, the Grand Slam of, uh, of regions that way. Uh, Bernardo, the, uh, the supposedly Welsh qualified um, player again, another player who's been let go by... The uh, the Ospreys and then the Scarlets Dragons, yeah. Well, he goes get, probably getting getting the Dragons side. Um, Alan Thomas has retired. That's um, that's interesting. He's a player I always quite enjoy watching. Actually, Alan Thomas. Yeah, sick was he? Six seasons, six seasons at the Scarlets. Good servant at London Welsh as well. Good and servant at the Dragons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the seven circuit, I think. Yeah, nice, neat player. I think. Yeah, no, he's a. Oh, quite another retiree as well is uh, is Jonathan Spratt who's Spratt, who's yeah. candidate yeah 
four Wales caps in North America. Fair great, play to him. Great I, name. Uh, well, yeah, I think he's. Oh, I read this earlier. Is it? Was it two caps there Canada. and two caps on the Japan tour? He so kind of like specialises in yeah, Lions Year. Exactly. Maybe yeah. that's it. Maybe we've got a heads up that he fair, wasn't going out to fair, Samoa. And fair play to him though. He got London Irish and the Ospreys. He's had a big career, so good for him. Yeah, only thirty-one to be yeah. canon it though. I thought it seems like a fraction early, didn't on it? To, on to the next. Going out on a going out on a high. Yeah. I've, got a, I've got a couple of belters go on transfers um, the forgotten man of Welsh rugby horrendous injury in, in Australia many years ago check I he's been playing yeah pro de US, US Colomier and he's just moved to Bedford so good luck to him over at the Blues with Mikey Rayer that was a couple of weeks ago did we not mention that I only saw it pop oh, up this week. Maybe the official. Yeah. Maybe you heard the rumours. The official. Oh yeah, that's it. This week. And I'm then, well hooked in with Mikey Ray. Um, <laughs> what another, which doesn't involve a Welsh player, but I just just took my eye. Coventry finished fourth in in the uh, national one this year, way behind the the winners, Hartbury College. But the the three behind Hartbury Hartbury College were all there or thereabouts between them. Um, they've gone out and signed quite a few players so they've got uh, Sam Tupilotu so the guy with the yeah, pocket yeah. rocket from Sale 12 Luke Naraway this week Jeez. they've also got Boris Stankovic on their books and Freddie Tuolangi Jr um, and it's a strong not, Dragons connection if that's it? not enough they've got UB40 paying at Butts Lane on the 27th <laughs> of May so I mean it's oh, all Rihanna, I'd be there. yeah it's all yeah, good. not quite Rihanna is it UB40 but I think you know many coming in there then we must be but commentary on the up and then my final one just for you Jed oh god Jersey Reds to Ealing Trail Finders a big one the championship former Dragon Lewis Robling Lewis Robling yeah Jesus God, I, I didn't even. So he's gone from where? Jersey. Jersey. Didn't even know that's ten, where he's ten or twelve. Yeah. Uh, Jer- Ealing had a great year this year. Top four in uh, in the championship. Yeah, so it's a good luck yeah. to him. That Will Harry's at fullback. Will Harry. Uh, he yeah. scored a blinder of a try. I don't know if you've seen yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, that was an absolute Lance crack. Sam, was it Lance Sano or Lance Trithid? Really? Not, not Lance Trithid. Must Did be Lance That's a made-up place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get my words out. But yeah, Lewis. <laughs> Lewis Robin. I remember. Um, I seem to remember him featuring in that absolute quagmire Boxing Day game. We lost. Blues lost. Mm. Yeah. You had um, to bring that up, didn't you? Wow. Well, yeah, so yeah. you, cling, you cling on to these things, yeah. don't you? <laughs> it's been a tough so, yeah. On that, uh, on that incredible high, uh, we're going to... We, oh, actually, no. We missed uh, Tyler Ardron as well, didn't we? Tyler Ardron leaving Ospreys. Yeah, apparently to the Waikato Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, last couple of weeks, when the Ospreys have, have you know, started to get a little bit of form back... He's, he's been, been integral. Yeah. So, really I mean, hard. Chiefs play his type of rugby, don't they? Fast-paced. He's a hard man down yeah. there. Interesting to see if him and Vitalik yeah. pack down together. Do you know so, what? Though, as well, Arjun's Arjun's a really, really good player. But the Chiefs can sign. You know, they must yeah. have loads of players coming through the books, and they could sign pretty much anyone they want anyway. Just to go to show you kind of how big a loss that will be, I think, for the Ospreys. If only the Blues are gone. I mean, we are. We know we signed these two um, second rows for next year in their 30s. He'd have been a perfect six or four mm. to come in and just do that job um, in the international breaks. If there's an injury, he's been a brilliant servant for the Ospreys. Probably Canada's best What's player. his weight? Because you, know, you know his weight. I don't know his weight, Dan. No. Sorry, mate. Next, he, next week. Yeah. Next week. Yeah, no, he's yeah he's made a hell of a difference, hasn't he? In the last couple of weeks, when he's come when he's come off the bench, you having a little goo, you having a little look, no? yeah. Just because Blues obviously need a big, big man. He's 
He's 115 kilos. He's not right up there, but he's... he's you're, one, big, you're 120, aren't you? Yeah, 120 plus, yeah. man. Yeah, and he'll be a loss, will Yeah, I don't think he's, a, I think he's a good player. But meanwhile, a player we've not been massively blown away by, Brian Majority signing contract extension. Must be good positionally, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a bit of analysis on him. Yeah. He is. He he's good positionally in the way that I was good positionally, like kind of stood yeah. waiting for a ruck to form around me. When he hits Things the like deck that. early... There's a lot in that, actually. Not a lot of people... Yeah, funny one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think he's... Obviously, he's got a lot of experience. He expected him to, to tighten things Scrum up in the scrum. Then, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's he hasn't, been he's looked fallible, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it'll, maybe it'll work out in the long run. Maybe he's just been a bit um, he's been a bit unfit and they think that yeah. there's something else he's to... He's played at the highest with. level, hasn't he? He was great at the yeah, yeah. I think he went over to racing for a bit, didn't he? He's, he's yeah. played at the top level, so... Great in the change room. Must be. Exactly, and probably probably a good uh, a good sing song as well, Dan. You imagine? Yeah, Leeds Leeds are singing on the buses. Exactly, and on that uh, on that musical bombshell, uh, time to time to finish for another week. So thanks again for listening. Uh, as always, get in touch with us at Attacking Scrum or um, on Facebook, and uh, leave us a review. Let us know what you think on iTunes, or just do it the good old fashioned way. Tell your mates to have a listen if you think they'd enjoy it as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Podcast Network.